Hello, zebra friends and friends of my zebra friends. Welcome to episode three, the good, the bad, and the ugly about IVIG infusions. This is your host, Susan Alin, and I'm with you here on Diary of a CVI Diva podcast. This is one of my most popular topics and some of the most popular questions I get asked are about IVIG infusions. So what are IVIG infusions? This is typically the go-to, or used to be really, the go-to treatment for primary immunodeficiencies and CVID. So IVIG stands for intravenous immunoglobulin infusions. And just like it sounds, you receive your immunoglobulin medicine, whatever that kind may be, through an IV. And most people will do this, well, it can vary, once a month, once every three weeks, hopefully not once a week, um, but there are some that need that. So when I mention that I used to have to do IVIG infusions, I've since switched to home infusions, which are called uh, some cutaneous immunoglobulin infusions or SCIG or sub-Q infusions, same thing. We'll get into that in a later episode. But whenever I mention IVIG infusions, most people are truly interested in what they are. Uh, they want to know why I need them and they want to know how they make me feel. If they are a PI or CVID patient, they've probably heard of them before, but most of the time the patients are newly diagnosed. And so they're coming to me to ask me questions. And boy, do I have answers. And I am willing to share it all. <laughs> um, you know, either, either type of person, whether they have been newly diagnosed or don't even know what primary immunodeficiencies are, um, tend to go all deer in the headlights on me when I launch into what I think is one of the most simplified descriptions I can give um, of IVIG infusions. And I get it. It's hard for me to grasp. Um, It was hard for me to grasp. It is hard for me to grasp. So I am going to explain all about them to you. And I won't hold anything back. So my experience with IVIG infusions um, was like this. I was diagnosed in October of 2017, October 31st to be exact. I was 41 years old and I was very, very sick. And my doctor, my immunologist, Dr. K, he is a god to me, um, but he did not give me a choice to do subcutaneous infusions, those at-home infusions, or come to his clinic and receive IV IG infusions, probably because I was very sick. Every three weeks, 
I had to get IVIG infusions to start out with. Later, I ended up going to a month. I would go into Dr. K's infusion office once a month, and we would schedule these, you know, one to three months out. So I always made sure I had my times. And he had his own or has his own clinic on the first floor of the building where his uh, doctor's office is. And he has specific IV, IG infusion nurses who have worked there for a long time. And they're very, very good. Uh, Miss Alice, Miss Ashley, who sadly has left recently to work from home so she can have a baby. So that's good. But, um, and there were other nurses there too over the years that were equally as good. Um, he has a separate room for each person or each, each patient to receive their infusions, which was really nice. A very comfy reclining chair, television, blankets, pillows, anything you could want. Um, even Game Boy, like, or not Game Boy, but uh, PlayStations and Xbox, you know, for teens and kids who have to get infusions too. So when I used to go in, uh, they would first take all my vital signs and they would give me my pre-meds, which were for ibuprofen and an allergy medicine, which I later figured out was Benadryl, which did not help my fatigue. (laughs) Um, I also later figured out, take those before I leave for the office so that by the time I get there, they're already in effect and the needles won't hurt as bad going in and maybe I won't have as bad of a reaction to the medicine. Um, During these IV, IG infusions, you're receiving plasma that's donated from millions of people. It takes a lot of plasma uh, to make just one vial of medicine. And it takes over a year and a half, I believe, to uh, actually make the medicine and get it to market. Um, Because it's a bio-medicinal type of treatment, your body can always reject it. So that's what the allergy medicine is for. And then the, the ibuprofen is for like any fevers or side effects that you might have to try and alleviate those. Um, I always got headaches from the infusions, always got fatigue, even after I stopped taking Benadryl and switched to like Allegra and they would give me like aches, pains, you know, for days afterward. Um, so for me, they were difficult, not to mention the fact that I'm a wuss when it comes to needles, to put it politely or any type of medical procedure, you know. So the nurses probably dreaded the days that I came in um, because they used to have to, like, um, distract me by asking me questions about my family and what I've been up to and getting me talking on something because I can talk about anything. And um, they would just get me talking so that when they inserted the needle and they used the very, very smallest needle on me, um that I would not pass out on them. So (laughs) it ended up working out pretty well after we figured out the tricks. (laughs) Um, I would suggest, and I did, try to switch arms every time 
I went because I just have really sensitive veins and veins that are hard to get an IV into. Uh, once they get the IV in and secured, they flush the line with saline. And you can kind of taste that, you know, and feel it going into your body. But it's just saline. And then they hook up the medicine. Now, one thing I later found out that can really help somebody that is new to IVIG infusions is that along with your medicine going into the IV line, they can also drip a bottle of saline. And this helps keep you hydrated and lessens the side effects of IVIG. So keep that in mind and ask for it if they don't offer it to you. So my infusions typically took about five hours. They had to drip very, very slowly because I had side effects that were significant. And dripping the medicine slower obviously would lessen those symptoms. Um, I would usually bring books with me to read or what I call work, quote work, my actual work, although at the time I wasn't working, but, um, you know, disability paperwork, bills, you know, things like that. Or you could bring your actual work if you're lucky enough to um, still be working. So um, I would bring, yeah, like I said, medical bills that needed to be paid, my, my laptop and stuff like that. But after like the first 10 minutes, it, I just, I don't know why I always brought that stuff because I didn't feel well enough to do it. <laughs> um, for the first several months, my mom came and I highly suggest bringing somebody that can be a support person, can be your support person, whether it's a family member, a friend, um, your spouse, even sometimes my one of my sons would come with me because I just hated doing them. And if one of them would come with me, you know, I felt more brave and I, I felt like I had more support. Didn't make it such a long, horrible process. Um, now, this is just my experience, by the way. So other people may not find it a long, horrible process. However, I did. <laughs> Um, like I said, within 10 to 15 minutes, I started to not feel good. I would always feel woozy, lightheaded, tired. Um, I, my vision always became blurry. Uh, I would have nausea a lot. Um, if the nausea is bad enough, you can ask for them to give you some anti-nausea medicine and they can either put that through the IV or they can give that you know, through uh, the mouth. Um, but during the days, oh, and I would always, one more thing, while you're having the infusion, keep drinking. And those are days where I would drink Gatorade. I would drink full sugar Gatorade. I would drink, um, you know, not just water. I would drink something very hydrating. Uh, during the days leading up to my infusions, I also focused on hydrating with um, either electrolyte-infused water or Gatorade, uh, something like that. Uh, because of my nausea, I always made sure to eat something with protein in it uh, the morning of my infusions to, you know, just help lessen that nausea, hopefully. It never worked, but, you know, it probably helped. 
Anyway, um, my nurses were great. They, they brought me drinks. They, you know, anything they could do to make me feel more comfortable, they did. So, and I'm sure yours will too. Um, now, because you're drinking and you're getting fluids into your body, whether it's saline and medicine or just medicine, you're going to have to go to the bathroom during the infusion and sometimes several times. <laughs> so um, there is usually a bathroom close by. You know, um, in my case, there was one not inside the clinic, but right outside in the hallway. So sometimes um, at first they would unhook you know, and stop the infusion. And I would um, be able to just go to the restroom, you know, just being careful about my where my IV was at. Um, but later, as I got better at them, I would say, nope, don't unhook it. I'm going to roll my IV right out the door and into the hallway and into the bathroom stall and, you know, make it work. So um, I just didn't want to be there longer than I had to be. I just felt like I had you know, other stuff to do. And the less I could be there, less time I could be there, the better. So um, I became very skilled at wheeling my IV pole around and even going to the bathroom all hooked up and everything. So um, I would sit there hour after hour. Um, it is, it was torture for me because I deem myself a, quote, doer. I like to be always doing things or thinking about things to do or planning things to do. Uh, It's kind of a problem. But uh, so it it was hard. It was hard for me to sit there. I didn't really watch a lot of television. I always had it on, but it was hard to focus. So Um, the medicine, let's talk a little bit about the medicine you may or may not know that the medicine you receive during IVIG infusions, uh, like I mentioned, is made up of um, other people's human immunoglobulins, other people's proteins that are found in their blood. So their serum proteins, serum means in the blood, um, that are separated out from the blood when people donate plasma. And these proteins contain the antibodies that fight germs and disease. So mine, genetically, I was born with this CVID disorder. Mine are, you know, defective or they malfunction or they don't work all the way like they should. I'm not sure which one it is. But they just don't do the job um, like a normal person's does. So a non-zebra, we'll call them. So uh, when healthy people donate the blood, like I said, the immunoglobulins are separated out. They go through a really um, intense screening and purification process. And um, these antibodies are what give you the ability to fight off infections. Uh, It may really work well for you and you may get very few infections after you start infusions or it may not work as well for you, but it may give you some relief. 
from infections. So it does improve your quality of life, and it is the go-to treatment uh, for primary immunodeficiencies. So um, the first time I did not drive myself home, I had uh, somebody drive me home, which I highly suggest because you just don't know how you're going to feel. Um, but after the first time I did drive myself home, um, I, I was, yes, I was tired. Yes, I had a headache. You know, yes, I had side effects. But I was able to drive myself home because my mom lives on the other side of Kansas City. And I didn't want her to have to drive me home and then drive herself all the way back home. Um, as soon as they take the IV out when the infusion is over... Um, they take my vitals again to make sure that I don't have, you know, high blood pressure, something really serious going on, um, because of the infusion. And then I was allowed to leave and I would hightail it out of there as fast as I could. So, um, but I knew that when I got home, I was going to head straight to my bed. And that is the not so fun part, or maybe it is the fun part, I don't know, but the side effects linger. Uh, You are getting, if you can imagine, you're getting a lot of medicine all at one time because you're only going once a month or once every three weeks. Um, I personally receive 40 milliliters or milligrams of medicine um, every four-week period. So I would get all 40 of that every three weeks and then every four weeks. So that causes some major side effects or it can cause some major side effects. And it did for me major, major fatigue for the next day or two. So not only was I out the day of the infusion, but then the next day to two days afterward, I got incredibly intense migraines, uh, nausea. I uh, had fevers, low-grade fevers for the next couple days, and definitely aches and pains. Um, Of course, that medicine, you know, I have to have it to live. And so the side effects are just, you know, a part of it. And there are things and medicines that your doctors can give you to ease the side effects, um, which you can talk with your doctor about. And, you know, definitely something for nausea, ibuprofen or Tylenol for aches and pains. The fatigue, that's kind of another issue. Um you know, there's not, my doctor gave me steroids, prednisone, which made me gain weight, by the way. I was really upset about that. And I still am, but it did help my fatigue. Um, I didn't take it every single day after the first year, but I do still take it if I'm feeling very, very fatigued. And then uh, he did give me uh, pain medicine for migraines and actually a proactive migraine medicine in the form of a shot that I take once a month. So there's plenty of medicines that can help ease those side effects. 
Now, let's talk about what happens in between your infusions. So that's what happens during the infusions. Um, what happens in between the infusions are what I typically call my high and low days. So even though the infusions really helped me not get sick as much um, or as frequently, uh, I could still get sick like a normal person, like a person with a normal immune system if I was exposed to something. So there was always that that I was worried about. Um, and if I get sick, it's of course, it's more sick than the normal person. And it lingers longer than the normal person's illness, you know, virus or, or bacterial infection. And sometimes, usually, always, it involves a antibiotic for me, maybe a few, and for somebody else, maybe not even one at all, or maybe just one. But uh, the medicine, the IVIG infusion medicine, the way I think about it, it helps even the playing field so that someone with PI and with CVID can live as normally as possible. It improves their quality of life. Um, over the next, so you ha- let's say you have your infusion on the first of the month. Your next infusion would be the following month on the first, give or take a few days, depending on if you're getting it every four weeks and how many days there were in a month, okay? So you start out once those side effects go away, and they, and they do go away for the most part um, after the first day or two. You feel pretty good. You've got good energy, or, or I won't say good energy. I'll say you've got more energy than you're used to, <laughs> and that's what I'll say. Um, and it's because of those antibodies. You know, what happens when your immune system when you're fighting the flu, when your immune system is fighting the flu, do you have high energy? No. So it's just like that with a low functioning immune system. We are tired all the time because our immune system is always low. It's always fighting things off. So you will feel an increase in energy. Um, some days were better than others especially if I was exposed to something. But what happens from the first to the next infusion is that you get what's called a taper off. So of of the antibodies, because the antibodies only stay in your system for so long. That's why you have to continue getting infusions for the rest of your life. Because we don't manufacture either the antibodies themselves or ones that work. And a normal person manufactures, their immune system manufactures antibodies daily, these proteins daily that that help fight infections. Okay, so they don't have like these high and low days that I, that I call it. Um, so it's a taper off. And you start out feeling the best that you could feel. And as the next infusion nears, you start feeling worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. 
So you kind of actually do end up looking forward to that infusion, even though you don't like them, or at least that's what happened to me. And then you get your next dose of your medication and the process starts all over again. Um, later, I will talk in a later episode because um, I, I do get a lot of questions about side effects that I experienced. Um, and I do have a blog post um, on, on the best and worst IVIG side effects that you can experience. Um, so check that out on my blog at cvidiva.com. And um, we'll talk about that in a later episode also. I'll get some questions from you guys if you want to email them to me at uh, susanalyn at cvidiva.com. Alyn is spelled A-L-Y-N-N-E at cvidiva.com. You can also go to my blog and my email's on there and a contact form as well. If you want to email me some questions about IVIG infusions or about side effects, I'm happy to answer whatever I can. Of course, I'm not a medical doctor, uh, but I can just give you my experience. And for me, personal experiences when I was first diagnosed are what helped me the most to deal with this diagnosis. And it's a devastating diagnosis. Don't let anybody tell you different. It really is. Um, But life goes on. And by hearing these personal experiences, talking with other people who have CVID, you will gain so much knowledge and it will help comfort you. So please make sure to do that. And also, make sure to subscribe to my podcast, Diaries of a CVI Diva, so that you can listen to all the great episodes that we're going to have. And that's it. That's it for the show today, folks. So stay strong, my zebra friends. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to email me any questions about infusions or anything at all and I will try to address them in future episodes. Thanks.